Welcome to the CXR channel, our premier podcast for talent acquisition and talent management. Listen in as the CXR community discusses a wide range of topics focused on attracting, engaging, and retaining the best talent. We're glad you're here. All right, so we got uh, Adam Gordon with Candidate ID on. We don't we don't really have an agenda uh, for what to talk about. We're just going to catch up. But Adam, we're we're sort of in the green room, and you bring up something really interesting. And now now my head is spinning because I want to talk to Adam Gordon, the employer. So and and how Adam does some hiring. So we you know we were having kind of an interesting chat around. You know, should CVs be required? Should interviews be a little longer, or should they be shorter? college degrees do they matter are we hiring from background or are we hiring for potential and you said something kind of interesting you've got kind of an eclectic uh inbound staff coming in can you talk a little bit about that and then let, and let's get back in it yeah absolutely so um up until the beginning of this year we were looking at what's the person going to be doing and we were writing job descriptions and job adverts which say this is what you'll have experience doing and then what a really, really exciting thing happened in February this year. Um, I posted an advert on LinkedIn and the first applicant came through within 10 minutes, 15 minutes. And I looked at her background and went, oh, good, good CV, but not relevant for us because she's worked at Enterprise Rent-A-Car. And uh, so I thought it's not really, she started as a graduate, you know, management training program or something like that. So she's probably really great, but she's got no experience in SaaS technologies and she's got no experience in you know, talent acquisition or recruitment marketing. So I just sent her a message and said, look, you've got a great, great CV, but you're, you're not going to be for this job, I'm afraid. And before I pressed send on the message, I got a message from her telling me why she knew she was a wild card, but I, we should see her. I sent, the mess- I sent that message, I forwarded it to the hiring manager, Shona, in our team and said, look, she might be quite interesting. Shona sent me a message straight back. This is one evening, by the way, and said uh, she sent me a message as well. So she'd actually gone and found out who was the hiring manager, even though it was me who placed the advert. And she said, you know, I'd really like, love to talk to you about this job as well. And because of the way that she pitched herself, we both said, look, we need to give her a chance because she could be really quite interesting. And we did. She was one of about 40 people who applied, probably one of six or eight that we saw and she got the job and she is superb and she's superb because she worked at enterprise rent a car where you've got to determine how are we going to get that car from that place to this place how are we going to have enough things here to satisfy those customers Mm -hmm. which sounds quite like to me quite like how am i going to have enough candidates coming in here for this hiring manager and over there for that hiring manager Mm -hmm. And it was like, honestly, the experience is so similar. And so she was able to convince us that she was able to uh, jump over walls, you know, climb under walls, go around them, you know. And um, what we realized from that hire is what we need for that job is, yes, people with professional experience, but if they can convince us that they can work out problems to solutions and then that's what we need, not experience in recruitment or employer branding or recruitment technology. That actually doesn't matter for customer success. It's the ability to um, solve problems 
quickly and multiple problems at the same time. And so, you know, that's what just what we realized. And it was a, a we, we, we have now hired four more people, all of whom, oh, sorry, one of whom has some experience in recruitment, but three of whom don't, but they've all got the same personal characteristics. Okay, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the devil's advocate here, though. So at an organization that's your size, or with a leader like you, this um, epiphany of hiring, right, is, is an easy thing to sort of go crazy with, go viral with, like take some action on it and learn from. But what if I'm, what if I'm the recruiter at, at a big company, and my hiring manager is, doesn't want to see anybody who doesn't, doesn't check the boxes of previous experience? How, how am I going to get that? across the finish line. Am I never going to get the enterprise Supergirl? Am I never going to get the guy that comes out of construction that's going to change our business? I mean, how do I get to make a difference as a recruiter that way? Yeah. It's, Just quit. I mean, I, somewhere else. Yeah. Well, maybe, 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 or stay and try and achieve influence. I mean, you've got it, you know, a lot, a lot of people talk about what are the best skills to be a recruiter. And I, I, I do believe that, some kind of a sales skill type background is a really good one to be a recruiter because it's all about achieving influence and mm. encouraging people to do the right thing by, you know, um, selling them the benefits of whatever it is you want them to do. So uh, most recruiters have got probably a staffing agency type background or some other kind of sales background. And if you have that, you should be able to convince your internal stakeholders because it's exactly the same thing, asking people to do what you want them to do or to consider your opinion on something. Um, and I, I think that it probably is a head of talent level, you know, I- I initiative to look at actually, should we abandon professional experience and look at, or, or specific experience for the job? Yeah, there might, well, there might be a balance. I mean, yeah. I, we were talking a little bit earlier, like we have seen since I think, and I think it largely, You know, I I hate to say this, I'm just going to be really blunt. I think largely with all of the social unrest that was happening, uh, you know, at at its peak, I think that really opened the eyes uh, of a lot of employers and a lot of talent leaders to start looking at talent a little differently, right? And really, you know, really taking a hard look at how they're hiring and the impact of how they're hiring. And I think some really began to shift and begin to hire for potential, looking for things like, learning agility, looking for things like that scrappy sort of get it done mentality versus someone who's got a pedigree, right? At one of the, one of the super schools that typically gets, gets hired from. And I, we see it more and more, but I am scared, Adam, that that it's, and I, again, I hate that I'm going to say this, but if you've been doing this long enough, certainly in this, in the States, if you've been doing this long enough, the, the feeling of the importance that is around diversity hiring seems to come in waves. Yeah. This is the longest wave we've ridden for a while, but typically yeah. what happens, we see this sudden increase in hiring DE&I people yeah. uh, or heads of diversity. And then in a, you know, a couple of years, it all just kind of dies down. We find something else to be excited about. And then the wave comes back after a while. So this is kind of an interesting shift and the wave we've been riding for a long, longer time than typical. Uh, than, than typically we've been looking at it. Yeah, and, and you know you're right. And so I, I'm, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna tell the truth. I I was born in a kind of upper middle class sort of background. I went to a very sort of prestigious boarding school. Um, I've not, had, and obviously I'm a white man, so I've not had very many problems in life uh, that other people maybe get because of who they were born, how how they were how they were born, and um, so. 
you know, I've learned a lot in the last, during the pandemic. And one of the things I've learned is this, I call it college degrees and why, you know, I, I said to you, I've said to you before that my personal belief is that they're the enemy of recruitment. Um, and one of the reasons I say that is because I see job adverts out there, which are like, we're looking for a chief marketing officer. You need to have minimum 20 years experience, minimum 15 years in leadership. And you, and then, and you need a college degree. And I'm looking at that going, why would anybody need a college degree to do that job? That Especially if they've got 20 years experience, X years of leadership. Like what, at what point does the degree, is it just, it doesn't matter anymore. I, I know. I mean, the 20 years experience is a nonsense anyway. You know, somebody yeah. could, somebody could be better qualified to do the job with 10 years experience than many other people at 20 because they're just brilliant. They've got brilliant minds. Yep. But Unfortunately, by saying that you need a college degree, you are excluding a lot more non-white people. Yep. And that's a that's just a big problem. And and we need to we need to get rid of that. And maybe we need to legislate against it because I think it's going to be very tough to get every hiring manager out there to accept that just because they went to uh, you know um, Yale. You know, you don't need to be. You don't need to go to Yale to be a brilliant, you know, person in that team. Yeah, I, I you know, I, I remember. So even as far back as when I was actually filling recs, like I just yeah. remember the mental state, that headspace of my hiring managers. And in theory, all of this was good, but when it came down to the hires they needed in their function, the that the all those grand ideas didn't apply anymore. They needed what they felt super comfortable with. They needed all those boxes checked and that degree, not that one. And from that school and, you know, that kind of thing. When I, when I, when I worked at PwC, I joined PwC in 2004. I joined a team of, I think it was six of, no, maybe I was the fifth into the team. I was the first person that hadn't joined that team from Michael Page. And the five people who subsequently joined the team all came from Michael Page. There was only one of us, me, who hadn't come directly from Michael Page. And the honest truth is they were also, they were all called things like Sebastian, Orlando. <laughs> I mean, they were all really posh. You know? Yeah, Disney and, name is what I hear you saying. So it was, um, you know, I, I look at that and think, yeah, that was, that was possibly probably the least diverse uh, team that I ever worked in. But what they did was they worked out a formula for the right type of person that was going to work for them. Um, and and, uh, and and it did, but it was definitely at the expense of diversity. Yeah, and I don't know if there's actually a, um, it's not like writing a pop song. I don't know that there is a, a formula that works every time the right way. You know what I mean? So for hiring, I, th- I do think that it is, this is the art part, right, of recruiting. Right. I do think it is about being flexible for what the business needs, but also realizing the people component of that uh, and hiring differently every time. And I think that's probably a pretty hot debate. Uh, and it depends on what you're hiring for. You can hire a call, you can fill call centers, classes of 12 every other week, you know, bit, 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 bit like a machine. But when it comes to hiring people that are going to be representing your business uh, yeah. or changing your business or influencing, I think the people in your business, I, I don't think you can use a formula. I agree. Um, I think with that number of te- people, a team of 10, it was quite easy to kind of just get at the clones 
But this was also really interesting. So that team was, we were within a broader team of about 80 people. And we all went up to like a away day type thing. And we did all did the Myers-Briggs test. And we were told to stand in a line according to what our results were. My team was all at one end. We were all together. And then the next team was there. The next team was there. All the teams were in, you know, all next to each other. So, you know, that was that was a pretty interesting, uh, pretty interesting, uh, you know, eye-opening thing for me to see the way that they've been hiring. Yeah, that's that's fascinating. All lined up feels a little weird though. Yeah, and it was from it was from external business development people, then the kind of internal business development bid writing people. There was internal corporate marketing people. There was then internal comms people. There was external comms people. I think we're at the end. And it was all, there was like extrovert through to introvert. Basically, that was it. It was the line from extrovert to introvert. And that's the way that that, uh, uh, that worked. That is interesting. Yeah. Well, you're, you're in an interesting position. I think you've got sort of an interesting perspective of, you know, given the specialty of what your business does and the exposure you have to a tremendous amount of leaders and practitioners in the space, and then being the hiring guy, right? Being the hiring manager or running those functions, I think you're at a really interesting point to make some sort of some risky decisions uh, and brag about them paying off or, or not paying off. Yeah, but I, I really do believe that now, that now that we know the personal characteristics that work for that particular team, this is our customer success team. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think, I think we, kind, we kind of know that actually it really opens up the talent pool for us as well because... I'm quite determined to hire in Glasgow where we are. Glasgow is a city of about 800,000 people. Um, so it's a you know, decent sized city, but it's not like you know, New York or something. Um, so there is, a, there is a finite talent pool, but because of the way we've identified the personal characteristics, more so than the industry background or the job title that people have had before, it, it, does, it really does open up, open up the talent pool for us. So Adam, that raises the question. Uh, I got to ask if you, how are you determining the characteristics? Are you using an assessment tool or is it a little, eh, a little bit of the discussion that you're having? How does it go? Yeah, it, it, we're not using an assessment tool. And that's actually very interesting. I was at an event last week um, with uh, resourcing leaders down in the South of England. And um, I was actually amazed to hear how few people were using any kind of assessment tools. And a lot of them were not using anything. And some of them by design, some of them by choice. Mm. Um, refresh, one, of them, one of them's a bank, which is uh, refreshingly, refreshingly personal experiences is what their kind of you know, customer proposition is. And that's oh, what Jesus. they say. I thought you were telling me that was the bank name. I'm like, that's the worst bank name. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's, their, that's one of their, that's their like, customer proposition is refreshingly human experiences or something like that. And uh, so as a result, they, they refuse to do any kind of automated assessment on, on humans, which means that probably there's a lot of bias, of course, built yeah. into the way they hire. RHP, um, it's a slant to the hiring process. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we know, so how, how, we, how we've decided those are the personal characteristics is because we've, we've watched customer success spectacularly fail in you know, quite a few scenarios and gone, why did that fail? And then we worked out, what we didn't have, what 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 was it we were lacking, uh, not just in an individual, but maybe in a small group of individuals. What was it that they 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 weren't applying to solve that problem, and and we worked out what it was. Nice. Well, Adam, always always good to catch up. Love to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much. Great to talk to you again, Chris. All the best. <laughs>
Hopefully we'll see you soon at a, at a real conference somewhere someday. Hope so, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for listening to the CXR channel. Please subscribe to CXR on your favorite podcast resource and leave us a review while you're at it. Learn more about CXR at our website, cxr.works, facebook.com and twitter.com slash career crossroads and on Instagram at career X roads. We'll catch you next time. Oh,